This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay. Um, thank you all for joining us for this year's Yachi Kala. Um, we are indeed in a, in a unique situation, so we have a unique Yachi Kala. But this year, as in years past, Baruch Hashem, the Yachi Kala is sponsored by the Fredman Family Foundation in memory of Rabbi Alvin and Mrs. Molly Fredman. All the learning and inspiration should be in Aliyah <clears throat> for their neshamas. The first portion of the Archikala, um, it's taka, our great honor and schus to be joined by Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky for a special question and answer session. Now question and answer sessions is, happens to be a personal favorite of mine, but it's they're particularly exciting because you're given an opportunity in a short amount of time, relatively, to hear perspectives on a variety of topics, and you always leave the session feeling a little more educated and wiser. So it's very enjoyable for the person listening to the session. The person giving the session, however, obviously has to be qualified for the task, and Rabbi Lapiansky is someone that um, many of you are already familiar with, and he is someone that has a ready and insightful answer for any topic virtually under the sun. Abelabiansky is a Shiva of the Shiva of Greater Washington. He's a prolific author. He wrote dozens of Svarim on a wide array of topics, including the recent bestseller that Yale was talking about earlier, A Ventura for Life. He's also a founding editorial board member of the Klal Perspectives, as well as an editorial board member of Dialogue. We look forward to fulfilling Heavy Shoisev at Sama as Devrehem, to drink thirstily from the wisdom of our Chachamim. And with that, I turn the floor over to Rabbi Eisenberg, who will be the moderator for this session. If you have any questions or need clarification during this session, please um, send me a message through the chat, and we will hopefully be able to address them. Rabbi Eisenberg? Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for coming. Thank you, Rabbi Berkowitz. And of course, thank you to the Rashiva, Rabbi Lapiansky, for um, this opportunity for all of us. So I'm going to list, I'm going to read the questions, ask the questions that were already sent in. These are, none of them are my questions. Um, so don't get mad at me if you don't like the questions. Okay, so we'll start, of course, with Corona. Um, we're in the, um, the midst of months of Corona now, and people are full of anxiety and stress. Many from Yidin are dealing with tremendous anxiety and uncertainty in their, in their life. The question is, does anxiety and stress really seems like maybe it's the opposite of emuna in a Baruch Hu? How do we how do we understand the difference or the connection, the relationship between anxiety and emuna in a Baruch Hu? Can we use our Yiddishkeit to be less anxious? Um, that question made me very anxious. To, that that <laughs> gave me an anxiety question. First of all, I'd like to say shalom to the Olam. I was fortunate. I was, I believe I was with the Tzibur many years ago for Yachit Kala. It was wonderful. I also noticed uh, one or two people who learned by Yeshiva. I see Sam Goldenhirsch is on. And he learned the Tukufa many years ago. It was, wonderful, uh, it was a wonderful time. And I'm not sure if Richard Axelbaum is, Aaron is on it or it's just the father. But at any rate, uh, shalom to everybody. Um, so I, I would like to um, address that point, I think, head on. The, the, um, we tend to think of Muna as being sort of a one-shot approach. In other words, we have an argument, we have a fight, I prove to you it's MS, and that's it. Anything that requires an emotional change takes a very long time. Let's give an example, a um, simple example. A kid is, is being taught to dive into a pool for the first time in his life. Now, he sees everyone dives in and nothing happens to anybody. He's still scared stick. Seichel says, I mean, a hundred people have dived in, everyone was and so on. Why would you be nervous? And the argument is, it's not going to make him less nervous. It'll make him dive, but it's not going to make him less nervous. It takes a while till he overcomes it. 
Um, the answer is things that relate to our nefesh take a long time till it changes. So people get this, I guess, somewhat childish impression that you, you have a fight at Kedrosh about X, Y, and Z and say, wow, I was blown away. I was convinced it's that. Yes, but you haven't changed fundamentally. Um, we have emunah bitachin are a lifetime's worth because every moment of a lifetime um, is going to have these challenges. We've been lucky to have relatively minor challenges in our lives and, you know, not major events, and therefore we weren't tested so much. But, but, but this is a test to show us we're not so, we are not so big ballet muna as we think. We, we know it's all Akash we know it's all for the best, we know it's all doing it, but that's not, that's not where our stomach and our heart is. There's nothing, it's not that we're not true, but we haven't done, avoda means making it permeate your entire self, and it's a lifetime's work. I want to say over a story where you see the, the emotions of Adam Gadol. It's a story to Biskarov. The Biskarov was in Warsaw at the beginning of World War II. The Germans bombed Warsaw even before, and as part of their invasion of 39, as, as part of the invasion of, of Poland. They, being Germans, that I don't think I don't think I want to say they bombed indiscriminately, but they bombed houses, everything, whatever, whatever came to, to and there was a big question. Should you stay in a house and that offers some protection? Or on the other hand, they targeted houses. So should you go into the field which offers no protection? But rather it um, but on the other hand, the Germans weren't targeting um, you know, some potato patch. So they asked the Briskarov, and Briskarov agonized the question. He, he was in agony for two, three days. Finally, he said, I can't reach a Hachrov. And Sheval Taisa, wherever you are, that's, that's where you stay. The, the bombing started, and the Brisker, everyone was shocked. Everybody's nerves were on edge. The Brisker was calmer than calm. And someone asked him, I don't say something. Yesterday, you were by far the biggest nervous wreck. Now that the bombs are dropping, why is the Rav uh, so calm? He said, yesterday, I had to make a decision. That means it's up to me. And the, the achrayas of nefashas of a tzibur is excruciating. Today, it's only other Kaddish Baruch Hu. So whatever's returning is returning. So I, I, I'm, you know, so that's a person who's called Kuloi, um, his, his, we would be the opposite. Making a decision, okay, you know, listen, make a decision. But when it starts bombing, we jump. At risk of making a decision, it shot, it shot his nerves. Once things were done, then it, once I'm not a player, so I'm the Hashem. It takes a lifetime of work of a Briskarov. But, but understanding, we, we, somehow we think that all these issues of, of a Muna on an emotional level can come and go with a logical argument. That's part of working. They pay out. A person um, does things. A person learns not to cut corners because of Parnassa, but rather Akashbaru gives, I have to do what's right, and, and, and so on. I, 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 when, when I do everything I'm supposed to do, I slowly learn that Akashbaru is a balance. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Resonex. Yeah. Okay, so, of course, everyone um, um, knows the importance of Das Taira, but Das Taira is confusing to a lot of people, especially um, um, when Corona is here and um, you hear different things. Um, for example, in Eretz Yisrael, the person asking this question was confused that initially the yeshivas were told by Das Taira to stay open. It's more dangerous to have the yeshivas closed. Then they decided to close the yeshivas to keep um, with everyone, you know, with, well, I guess, science and the doctors. And if you don't keep, if you keep your yeshiva open, then you're a murderer. So how exactly do we understand Das Taira? Isn't Das Taira the highest possible, you know, understanding of any subject? And, 
and they are the final word. Huh? How do you understand it if it could change? Yeah. What's the answer? How do you understand that? So I think it starts with a misunderstanding of Das Torah, terrible misunderstanding. And, and, and unfortunately, I don't know if it became a big bubble. I want to try to explain what Das Torah is and what it's not. Uh, if I have an issue that is a shfokarach issue, is this mukta is not mukta? That requires a paisik, paskin official paruch, unice kalim, and there's room for machlokas, plenty of room for machlokas, but it's very, very um, restricted to what's the halacha in this case. You have the opposite, the exact opposite, when you have a, um, a question that is um, mundane in its nature, in other words, what, what type of medication should I take for this illness? Um, what's the best approach for this illness? Uh, what's the best investment for my money? It has nothing to do with dust peril whatsoever. I don't know where that came about. Hasidim seem to have a thing about Ruch HaKadosh, so if that's the piece, if you're talking about Ruch HaKadosh, I don't know. I guess I, it wasn't my opinion. We, um, whether or not my Rebbe had Ruch HaKadosh, they never made it part of the curriculum. So we, 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 we didn't have any of that. There are, however, many issues that are a decision that's not a clash of Aruch, but it, it means weighing different factors, getting a sense of what the Torah wants. Let's take a different example. And I'm a very, very successful um, intuitive Kira person, and I know that if we're going to have um, a mixed group, it'll be very successful, boys and girls. Or if they don't have to wear yarmulkes and they can still eat, we can do this and that and so on and so forth. So what makes for successful Kirov? The Kirov professional knows. But the question is over here, we, we, we're, this is intersecting a Torah value. On the one hand, to be able to reach out to more people, on the other hand, to dilute the message. This is a typical question of story. There's no clear halachis. There is a weighing. This requires not a person who knows shohara. I mean, let, let me better phrase it. It's a person not only knows shohara, but you feel that this person has an understanding of how the shohara would address a shayla like this. And it's, it's a value issue, and that needs a big person. The, 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 the um, stand of, I guess, a good of a shaito song was the executive director cannot make that decision. The executive director can tell us what's more effective and less effective, but we're going to weigh the two. So the Dastora piece is, so whereas one group might have the executive director make the final decision, listen, what's the rabbi got to mix in at the end of the day, this executive director knows what he's doing and he says, this is the best cure approach. It'll bring the most people. Um, I can't find clays, so I can't find beheta, so the, the rev will pass in if the chicken's kosher, the executive director will pass in what's the best cure, that's what we'll do. This was where the story came in to play and said no. Um, Torah extends itself to all areas of life where there are judgment calls and the executive director is a wonderful professional. He can tell us facts and figures, but he cannot tell us this. Let's take a second example. Um, a, 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 um, we ask, a, a person asks a doctor, will this condition, what, if I do X, Y, or Z, what will happen? The doctor will say, you will die. And in that case, um, it, 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 we, we take the doctor's word for it, it's a halacha. There's science of here, many doctors, but everybody's saying. And now a rov can pass the yang by yavr. Is it of his right arayas or not? It's a gemara. So, so there's this, in, the rov is not saying you're not going to die, but the rov is going to say that um, it, is this an area that intersects with halacha, Torah value, and so on. Unfortunately, Seder is not from our Milus. 
um, the, we, 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 our tzibur has a lot of many, many milas. Seder is not one of them. Who asked of Kanyevsky, what did they tell him? How did they tell him? What facts did they give you? None of that, anyone has a clue. And it's unfortunate, it's part of the, the lack of system. I should say it's part of the system, it's part of the lack of system. But Rev Gershon is much more structured and, and, and he, when he's involved, things are different because that he structures things. But the, the, the following were the issues. The doctors said probabilities, they said likelihood, they said it seems. Dropping all the kids, it, it's, it's, it's created a lot of issues. Just like even from a very secular point, each government has to wrestle. Medically speaking, the best thing is everybody stays home and does nothing. But that would destroy a country. So at what point pull the scales? So if that's where you have that story, you'll have um, people presenting the facts in a certain way, weighing, and the Adam Godel or the Nostrum Dolan will weigh that vis-a-vis -vis the consequences. And, and it, you know, it, it, it's, there's no way in the world opposing, if a doctor says it's, it's a, if there's a clear chance of real sakana, there's no way in the world where anybody could pass the opposite. The question was that that kufa, it still was something vague, that, that it was something where it would be better if, I, I, don't, I don't know, and unfortunately, there's a lot of balagan, and, and it's, it's, you know, who, who asked, how did they ask, what did they ask, and so on, I, I, that's an issue that's problematic in, in, in that arrangement. But at the end of the day, the only place that story is weighing one against the other. There could be a das that would say, it's Yarek Vayavr. That means I, I can't pass those things. I know, no, but, but if somebody is apprised of facts and says, this is Yarek Vayavr, it's, uh, I don't know what, okay. But, but the question is, the, the, the role that story, and it may be, it may be, that you won't get the, the, the better of it. Let, let's give an example. I, I want to hit an example on the head. There's this thing about the Dolom telling people not to go to America during the years, during the, during the years of, you know, before the World War II and the Hulu, the Hulu, the Hulu. I want to address that. First of all, it's nonsense. From 1920 to 1940, there wasn't a single place in the world a Yid could go. I, I mean, normal. He couldn't go to America. It was closed. America closed after World War II. The, you, the only German Jews actually were the ones who could immigrate. The other ones could not. There were no visas given to East European Jews. Israel was closed. And um, yes, you could do a brave run with a ship. Chances, you know, one out of three you would drown. One out of three you would get jailed and sent back. One out of three that you might make it. There, there were no options. But even assuming, let's say beforehand, assuming that the situation was that in America, 90% your kid would end up marrying a Goya, which was the case. The only change in America when you had this mass immigration after the war. And now someone has to make a decision. Do I go to America, and which increases my chance of my life? Or do I, uh, and do I run the risk of not having uh, of all my children um, opting out, which is unfortunately was the reality. Um, that's a Dastar issue. So there are two points about that. I, I, one is the time that they didn't, it, that from 1920, so, they, so people said Ruch HaKadosh 1910, nobody had Ruch HaKadosh 1910, people went to America because it was a lot better. And they lost their kids. How, how many of, of that, how many children are left of that? Um, someone told me, I believe I heard this from Mr. Shapiro, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he told, I heard, I heard it from him, but I believe that he heard it from the Briscoe. Briscoe never spoke about his family that was left in Europe, never. Once he said, if only I was sure they were dead. In other words, his nightmare was that his kids had fallen into some sort of Rahman al-Islam monastery. Being dead was Kiddush Hashem, and, and that was Ratzon Hashem. But it, so, so, so and, it's, and it's because and again, no one can make these these uh, no one can make these cheshbonos. But I'm saying, th if there was that story, that story was on this subject. So, a, it mean that story is when you're weighing values against values, and those are the type of questions 
that need to be asked, need to be asked clearly, they need all the facts that to be laid out. And then that that's where we have, and that's why against all odds, we're here. And, uh, and Torah is blossoming. There's not a single way to understand. When I was growing up in the, I was born in the 50s, early 50s, and when I was growing up, the question was, will the last Orthodox Jew please sell the shul to the conservative temple? That was, that was our, that, that was it. The question was, who, who would get the money that the conservative temple would pay for it? And today, we're buying conservative temples for Besiakos, to make Besiakos out of them, because the brush are nice and big, they know how to build places, not like Stiebel's, they built structures, and then now, and now they're schools. It make no sense. And their time was, if, we, if, if, if you don't give in a lot, you're gonna have nothing. The opposite, the, 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 I don't believe it was the foresight of people, maybe it was, but again, I'm not from the Ruach people. The, 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 the opposite, the claim of those who didn't give in was, it's not our business. We, we, we can make things easier, but we can't be mevat and a kutsi of halacha. And so I think it's important to know what Dastari is and, and, um, and what it's not. It doesn't mean that they, they, they understand if it's a very mundane issue, if it's an issue of Lamashal, um, which medication, maybe the Rabbanim who know, I don't, I, it doesn't make a difference. That has nothing to do with Dastari. But if, let's say a person has an issue, I have a child, the child needs a lot of treatment, possibly to be helpful, on the other hand, it means taking a big toll on the rest of the family. That's, that's a hair-raising issue. It's not a medical issue. A medical establishment will tell you what's what. Um, there is some sort of Torah value over here. So, so it, what takes preference? Do, do, I, do I take away a lot from everybody's chinuch? Uh, what about if this child will live? But the question is how developed. Those, those are a type of issue where there's no klesh haruch, but you need somebody who's a living shaharuch, who's intuitive sense of it will will be in line with what the Torah wants. That's where that story comes in. Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of, it seems to me there's a lot of, obviously, medical advice about Corona, and it seems that perhaps some of the Paiskim and the Rabbanim are determining what they should do in their shuls and their different places based on their understanding or what they, their personal nagias, how they feel about Corona. How is it, how do we, you know, take that? How do we understand, you know, like if, if the show should open, if the school should open, if that's really uh, exactly so, so, how we should understand that? So uh, it, it's the rub's job to look at what the medical establishment is saying and get a sense. It, it, there are no clear, unfortunately, no one really knows clearly. And the question is, is it better? Is it worse? Is it, you know, it's the reason why we're not permitting a school to open, let's say, is because it's Batsmasakana, or we don't want other things to open up also. My assumption would be that no Rav is going to play doctor, but doctor is also, um, it, it, it can only give, uh, in, in other words, how they present the recommendation is the value it has. They can say it's better, it would be good public policy, or they could say we have clear indication of a danger. I would assume that a Rav who who, who, who says something about it, has looked at exactly what it is and gotten, um, for instance, uh, you know, it, 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 let's give another example. Um, I, I, I read this once from a doctor, fascinating thing. He said, patient comes, and he has two difficult choices, two difficult courses of, of, of action, each one with its own problems and its own step. He lays it out for the patient. And then the patient says, so what should I do, doctor? He said, well, you know all the information I know now um, and make the decision. And many times the patient will say, I don't know, you make the decision for me. And, and the doctor wrote this, found it kind of strange because he, he's making decision not as a doctor, but you know, that's the way it is. You see if somebody's professional so on and so forth. You, you like that reliance. So if, if a, a, a Rav can sit down with medical professionals and get a bigger, more clarity and be able to understand, to pass the medical decisions and understand where they're coming from and what the community's needs are and how much and so on and so forth, um, then, then um, it's possible that, that they would have more nuance. Um, so that, that I assume that that's, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so we're going to uh, go away from Corona for a little bit. Um, this yes, question. Maybe we should go away. Once you go away from Corona, let's go away for, for, for a lot. Okay, sounds good. So this is, um, Darshi wrote a book about um, B'nai Tara, working B'nai Tara. And this right. question is about balancing um, being a husband and a parent, and at the same time being involved in learning in a serious way. You know, if a person has to go in the morning, wants to go and learn before working, and then he is missing out um, helping with the kids get to school and helping right. his wife. And then at night he's going to learn and there's no bedtime with the kids and the wife is no one to her husband is gone to see, you know, she can't speak to him at, at night. So how does a person balance learning very seriously, wants to learn, wants to grow, but at the same time being a good um, father and husband? Um, that's obviously one of the very tough questions. I'll, I, I have news for you. Even people who learn in Koilol or Rabbanim have the same issue. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the same issue of how much time do you give your kids outside at home. There's always something, for every balabas that's going to hear a shit, as they always have to say a shit. So that's excruciating. I would like to say the following. You know, I, I, when people ask about what to look for in a shidduch, one of my, I, I think a prime criteria for a full person is that the other person's picture of life has to look like your picture of life. If her picture of life is husband's only sitting cold and don't work and that's your picture, that's great. If, if it's different, it's going to be a problem. If her picture of what she sees and what she's grown up with and what, what she's acquired in school is the husband is always away at night, the husband is away in the daytime. It feels normal. Um, just like somebody who's used to grow up in a home with a lot of business trips, so the father being away for a few days at a time is normal. So it's, it's something that husband and wife should decide what's more critical. What's, we assume, we're, we're, we're very much assuming, both feel how critical it is for husband to learn. A woman who has values like that can't, picture husband not learning. She, she sees, I've heard it many times, a, a woman say, I see the difference in him when he's learning and he's not learning, how refined and so on. And they, and, and, and they balance it. It's definitely not easy. It's definitely tough. But tachlis, um, it's something that, that um, if both people are on the same page, they'll, they'll come to some maskana. Um, and at the end of the day, and as much as it is important to be with the kids, but if some part of the time you don't send the kids to spend in prayer learning, that makes an impression on the kid. Well, if, if you see your father come home and he's tired and he eats something, says hello to all the kids, and then he goes off to learn, it says something. It's, it's, a, it's a message. Um, and it's a message that states that this is absolutely right. And, and, the, and that the child will feel when he grows up empty if he doesn't do it. So it, it's, it, I think, best done if, if, the husband, if, if, if the husband displays a willingness to do what it takes. It's not extra work. It's not, you know, being there other times. And the wife displays how important it is for her that a husband learning is a different quality of a person. Okay. Now, this question is... Uh, by the way, as, as an interesting side note, the yeah. idea to write the book came. I'm involved in a, in a magazine. In a it was an online journal called Cloud Perspectives, and it it it, it was it's it's taken hiatus for three four years now because we lost our star editor, Moshe Bain to OU. We still can't forgive OU for that. And when they release him from his office after six years, we hope that it'll come back again. But we had an issue exactly that question. You know, the, the cloud perspectives was devoted to specific, each, each issue was devoted to a specific issue. We solicited 13, 14 different mahalchim and so on. And we had, this was the exact question, I framed the question. I think it might've been our most popular issue. Somebody in France asked to translate it in French. And I said to myself, Pete, this is really today, Baruch Hashem, my generation, getting people to learn Bechal was a big issue. Today, Baruch Hashem, many people are, are who are the entire on the workforce and, and managing the two together is, is, not, is, is the challenge of Aladar. So Baruch Hashem, we're facing that challenge and 
I think a husband and wife together, just like they decide on other compromises, in in this they'll make the right the right compromise and and they'll have the best of both. So this question, next question, is the step before a person is working. This is uh, when they get married, um, and um, a person um, wants to learn as long as possible. That's the the trend to learn as long as possible to be in Kyle. And um, the woman is often encouraged to be the superwoman, to do everything, be the mother, to be the, you know, make the money, do everything for the kids. And the question that is at, the person asking this question is concern, is questioning from the ksuva, the fact that the ksuva um, requires the, the husband and the father to be the one who's in charge of parnasa and making sure that there's support. So how do we understand the system to learn as long as possible in connection with um, um, the ksuba from a halachic perspective and a ashkafic perspective. So the mahalach is an extraordinary mahalach. It's Rabbi Kiven Rachel and so on. That's that's always sent as it's something which, because Baruch Hashem were a generation that is less tight with money than the previous war by a, by a big factor, it's possible to some degree to do it, and it's noble. It's wonderful. Um, it's it's you know you have I mean in our world we have Yungalite. Chabad sends out shlichim to, to to Idaho and to North Carolina. North Carolina is a little bit bigger than you know more you and and it's on the crazy duress. And you have people doing Kiruv and other organizations on campuses with extraordinary circumstances, and the big people and makes big demands on them. The, the tricky part is that down at the bottom, the husband has to know it's his responsibility. And everybody goes into it, you know, people that have made Torah and story go into it with the right intention and they will be mocked the sacrifice. But the day the sacrifice is not feasible, whether it's financial, it's emotional, it's the pressure from kids. The husband does have to know he has to, he has to I have a friend of mine who's a huge master. Was really Masmanov. He he married a niece of Adam Godlad Moid, and um, and the um, and then the situation at home. At some point, he was learning that he has that situation required that he leave, and he asked his uncle, and the uncle said, the only binding document he ever signed was the Ksuba, and it's Yachrayis. So the people should know and understand that, um, and yet be able to, you know, to have that level of sensitive balance to know when is it a luxury and when is it a necessity? When can we sacrifice? And the sacrifice is a sacrifice, but it's well within our emotional slash financial abilities. And when is it becoming irresponsible? And then after all, it sleeps. It's helpful if you have a person that, that can help you with that decision. Because there's a lot, you know, some people, are too eager. I mean, listen, if you don't feel like learning, you know, learning, so there's no, you know, but that some people that are just embarrassed in society expected him to learn for 10 years, one years, one year, whatever it is. And it's not. Having a big person that that understands you and understands reality and may help you make that decision is, is crucial. And, and I think people need to have that. It's unfortunate that we, just the way the human system set up, we, we don't, by the time we're in an age that's that, that's that's we make significant decisions, we really have no revi. That to me is is is, is a is a problem. It used to be a bachasei d'shiv before he got married, then in kol. So a bachasei that tells that married, then in kol. So he had rebbe. A bachasei today, once he leaves his first yeshiva, he's still a young boy, he's twenty maybe, goes to Israel for two years, comes back, he's in BMG for two years, and then you know, and then he's kol. It, it's 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 a, it's a wonderful wonderful moratorium, but if a person doesn't make the effort to get close to somebody that he can not ask a blind question, but ask a question by somebody who knows him understands him, and he's not going to have to ask a question to it. And at, at very important junctions in life, to me, that's that's something that that needs. We have to find some solution for it. Just to follow up on that question, so. It seemed to me that Rashiva was saying that if a person's um, able to do it and the wife is masking to do it, that that's a lichachila. It's not like um, that some people will say that Lakewood was just a bit, you know, shasachach, they needed to do it at the time, but it's not a lichachila. Rashiva is saying that it's the proper thing to. 
to, 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 let's understand something. The 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 the, the, the shas There's two parts. There is what do we do? How much do we push the tzibur and the rabbin, and how much it, 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 do we give the yachid um, an ideal? It it should never become less than our noblest ideal. A person spends life in Torah. One of the reasons, um, one one of the things that I think is crucial to us being who we are, is having that ideal. And this is the point I make in the book. The years I spent in yeshiva are to me my high point. They they, they represent to me what life is at its most beautiful. And 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 the fact that a whole tzibur is doing it, um, that's wonderful. The, the question is more. As the yachid, if a person has what it takes to learn, and I'm talking about emotionally, financially, family-wise, there are many factors. It's not just a question of money. But it's, you know, it's, is a person being productive? Is a person accountable? Is a person feel a chedus of the schneitzer? Many, many other things that need to be taken into account. But, but a person can, we need to see it as the ideal. We need to see it as, as, the, as, the, as the, this is kizekalada. But we also need but if somebody's not that, then he needs to be who he is and what he is. That and that requires a big person who knows you and understands you, and and can help you find what. There's a story I saw many years ago. Um, Reb Per wrote it in the Jewish Observer about his Rebbe Baron Kotler. It stuck in my mind, and I reminded it to him a year ago. And I'll tell you what he responded. He told me. He wrote, this is a story he wrote in Jewish Observer on the Baron, and remember what he had, it's a long time ago he wrote this. And he said his dream was, he looked at Lakewood, and his dream was to get the Kachim Kapura. That was the Chashma Kapura, and he was one man away from it. And the next man, he would go to the Kachim Kapura. Baron called him and said, I need you to go to St. Louis. I, I'm pretty sure that that's what he said, to collect money. I don't know if they sold money in St. Louis, but he needed him to collect money in St. Louis. And he protested. He said, "Must haste. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my kachim and kachim and this and that." And I said, "This is what you need it for, and I need to go there." And he gave up his idea of my kachim. He went to help yeshiva. I, I, I don't remember the Hemshul story, but I visited a pair a year ago. Whatever, I was in Farakwa. I went in, and I, and I told him I, this story made a very big impression on me. He said, "Let me tell you an epilogue to that story." He said, "I would never have been able to build a yeshiva." if I wouldn't have done that. It's the going out and doing it that allowed me, gave me the, 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 the oomph and the gumption and maybe the know-how to build my yeshiva. That was the, the, the safe cover of, of it. So he had a big person who was able to tell him, this is what you need to do, this is where you, this is where your kofas are, and this is the tzara hasha, whatever it is. So in the old days when yeshivas were small, it was kind of fairly simple. The Revaran had few dozen tell me them, so it wasn't hard to have that cash. Today, it's about some become very big, but people need to know, they need to seek it out because at moments like that, no one else can, can help you. Yeah. Um, is there a general rule about when a statement of Chazal or an Agadita should be taken literally or figuratively? For example, the examples given in Paro um, um, Chazal saying the Paro is an Amatol, or also Chazal say that one out of five Jews, only one out of five Jews left in Mitzrayim. So some are, you know, considered more mainstream, and some are considered, you know, how could that be? So how do we understand, how, how do we know when to take them literally? So it really depends on different approaches. In other words, um, the, the, I mean, many, many explain that Chazal are, are Many Chazal are metaphors, Dramchal and so on. My chinuch was to go with the morale. The morale, the chinuch I got from my rebbeim, and most of my Shapira was that the 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 shmeitz of my is the morale, and to go with the morales, the kuda, morales pshat. The morale in general, many times goes with an approach that Kazal are telling us, it's, it's language describing the essence. And this is very hard. I, 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 I want to explain some, because this is what people get, get mixed up about. 
if somebody comes along and equates Rahman Alitsan Chazal to a fable, a story, it's a nice story spun out of somebody's imagination with a moral hidden there. That is something repulsive. That that they sat around telling stories like the, the Odyssey or the Iliad or or whatever other garbage, and this this work that we had lessons. That's somebody who basically is is doesn't believe in, in Chazal's in, in who they are and what they are. The the Maral's point is the Maral point that he makes constantly. I can't even count how many times is as follows: the Marshal, how many hours? the sun stand for, 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 for Yeshua, Shem Yeshua given day. So Machlekes, 12 hours, 20 hours, 36 hours. What can Machlekes is? What's the point of it? So the Maral explains each shita, and the explanation is an understanding what 12 means, what 20 plus 36. They're very, very specific points, understandings. The point of the Maral is and the way he says them, the Elohim that he uses constantly is they're hechreach and not oimet. Hechreach means um, specific, exact. Omed with an aleph means approximations, general. They're not general statements like a lot or a lot. Mostly. Par was an amatol. I, I, I don't remember the morale on that, if there is, but I, I would assume it's a, it's, it's a metaphor. But it's not, it's not just saying he was a, 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 a you know, scrumpy little nothing. It's explaining something. It's, an Amun means something. A Chazal is saying something. They say that he's an Amun. They say that his Aver of Taiva is an Amun. That's saying something. And, and so on. Um, the, 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 and the morale makes this point Kazi. So the, 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 you know, go with somebody who, who's, who has a Mahalach and he's in Yanni and, um, and, and, and to go with that Mahalach and that. So the, the one who was the biggest person who was most focused on, on Agatha and, and spoke of anything was the morale. The Goyen explains Agatha's in places of Hidar Kabbalah, but doesn't really tell us, you know, in one place he says that the, the Chazal in Babasa, the whole Sugya, the whole Rabbi Hanu, everything over there is all a marshal dressed up in a very ugly garment, the silly stories, and it's a big, you know, it's, it's, it explains that this is a Tsar of Meitra and so on. That, that a whole a whole explanation why this you know that that such lofty divitera tremendous tremendous are and that and those chazal and it's dressed up in in, in stories so, so you need, again the morale is the is is the safer for choice of choice I believe and to follow his guideline wherever you see it There's no other way to really be able to on your own. You know, I, I guess what you do is you compare it to what the morale would normally say. Okay. Now the next question is about um, um, the Jewish. Community. Anyway, the morale has you know for people who think that you know t- today things have been said discovered. The morale has a specific safer about Agathos called Bear Hagola. Even though his entire works are there to explain, Bear Hagola deals with six issues that people use to make fun of Chazal in Agathos. One is their lack of knowledge of science. One is their, their crass terms. One is their exaggerations. One is the, go, and he explains, and again, he's expla- he, his explanations are all understanding what Chazal meant to convey here in a very specific way. Not, they're not just stories to be mechazikos. They're very, very specific lessons, and he goes to town with it. The, that's his, the, the, Baragol is the, is, is the approach that he used to, in, to answer the issues with our goddess, with our goddess in general. Yeah, what's else on what's your mind? Uh, so, out of town especially, I assume more out of town, St. Louis, there are, there's a broader Jewish community that we have, that the, that the Orthodox community has to deal with. And as the world changes and becomes more radical and accepts many different concepts that are anti-Torah, against the Torah, how does the Torah... Orthodox, um, B'nai Torah, Jews, how do they do, is, what's the proper, um, you know, how are we supposed to continue? Do we fight all those anti-Torah views? Do we just stay silent? Do we, how do we, how do we deal with the Jewish community as a whole? Um, so 
I think a, per, the, a, a famous um, a famous Prussian general was considered one of the masterminds on, on, on strategy, war strategy, Clausewitz, once said war is a means to get something that you can't get by any other method. In other words, my first question is, why do I need to answer the person? I need to, I, I need to explain to myself, why do I need to answer? And somebody comes and tells me a statement that's outrageous. Do I need to answer the person? Somebody told me it was near Schleim on a bus and there was, there were two years army sitting, one a little bit old, I guess. And the younger guy was egging him on. Like he was trying to get him to, to, to answer back, to argue about something, I, I don't know why. So this guy didn't say anything. And the guy says, well, why don't you answer? Why don't you tell me about it? He said, you know, I'm on the weak side. I'm, I'm a little bit schwach. And the little kayak I have, I owe it to my wife to fight with her and not with you. So, so you know, I'm, I'm saving up my kayak to fight my wife, not with you. I, I need to ask myself, do I, what, what's the point of it? One, two, can I argue with somebody when there's no common denominator? So the marshal, if somebody comes along to me and he says he believes in nothing, I can't bring out a Shaparam. I can't bring out a Rambam, I can't bring out a Torah. So my question is on what basis? If somebody's shita is, well, that's what the rabbi said, but I'll say it. So, so now the question is, it, 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 I mean, to argue at this point, the question is, is the framework broad enough to allow to discuss the topic we want to discuss? So, so we're talking about our attitude towards Chazal, um, our attitude towards Torah. If it's, so you have to, it's sometimes a community has to make a statement say, dis, uh, disassociating itself from something. So if the Jewish community says, publishes that we believe X, Y, and Z, and it's something that's connected we need to make a statement, we do not believe like that. And this is, and, and this is not our opinion, and we do not believe by that. That's sometimes a necessity to disassociate yourself when you might be considered part of it. We need to teach our kids what what the world thinks, if, if, it's, if it's common out there, and why we disagree, that we do need to teach them. But arguments per se and engaging per se, has that a tachlis? I need to ask myself, what's the point of it? And a lot of times if we were to ask that, a lot of times we, we don't have a, a, a way of saying something. I tell, let me give you an example. I, there was, I, was once, I was asked more than once, how do I explain to people what's wrong with homosexuality? I said, unless, unless the person accepts Torah as binding no matter what, there's no way to explain it. And I said, there, there is not a rational argument. You can argue it's good or it's not good, but there's no rational argument. Unless a person, and I, I thought this was a rough of a more modern community. I said, people, unless you teach people hope, that there's a point where my mind stops, and Akash Baruch mind starts, it doesn't go. So, so you know, Paraduma is not relevant to anybody, so nobody's wearing Paraduma, but Arias, the Rambam says, there's a hope. So I need to be able to say, you know what? We don't understand it, and it still works. There's a lot in quantum physics we don't understand, and it still works. Tough luck. We, we, and, and, and unless a person, unless we have that piece in place, there's nothing to talk about. So, so it's important to ask yourself, what's the point of it? What's the context? Where do I want to go with it? If I have a reasonable chance to convince people that are making a mistake and I'm educating them, that's wonderful. If I need to disassociate myself, it's a necessity. But to engage just in, in back and forth battles, I don't know. I have to ask myself, what's the point of it? Chazmish yeah. used to be Chazanish wouldn't engage people in arguments. And he said, experience has shown me that argument really convinces people. And, um, and, um, and, and he wouldn't, unless it was somebody that was Hamish with that he could, that he felt I, I, could, I could talk with him. Yeah, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? Interrupt well, I, was, I was just going to um, follow up. If they don't see that the from community 
is saying their opinions. I'm, I'm talking, I guess, more um, and not uh, one-on-one. I'm talking about maybe for the from community as a whole. If they don't see us saying our opinions, does that make it seem like, do they feel, does the, they feel like um, that they are the final say for what the Jewish community holds or it could be a speech if it's, that's not saying, so if it's no gay, one of two things. If let's say it will affect you, or if people will take you to mean, will take will take your silence to mean agreement, uh, a tacit agreement, then we have a problem. Then we need to speak up and say, they do not talk for us. Um, it, this, is, this is against Torah, it's against Halacha, and they are, they are they're speaking on behalf of themselves, not on behalf the Jewish community. We 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 protest. That's that's an appropriate statement if that's what is perceived that. Okay. Um, I guess um, we could ask one more question. Um, get back to the corona. Hopefully it won't be stressed out. Um, just uh, with the children home for so less many months and um, parents are struggling with um, how they should be mechanich their children. Should they be more lenient when it comes to you know, many things around the house, should they allow, you know, they don't normally allow their children to watch videos or YouTube or um, uh, movies, but now when they're at home, it's harder for the parents. Um, so maybe they're slacking off the children, slacking off and davening and learning. How strict should the parents, how lenient should we be um, during this tough time? So I think, I think educating our children that a the Evid situation calls for a certain solution and it's the appropriate solution at that time. Lamashal. If somebody's traveling and he can't spend much time doing Shmanesa, he does Havinenu. So um, to look at Havinenu as a cop-out is a bad way to look at it. So for instance, computer, let's say families that don't have computers that are normally or they don't use Zoom or they don't have kids or whatever it is, to sit down and say, listen, it means we're going to have to do things in a certain way. It's the right thing to do because this is Shazabchak, which means we're not going to have a minion, we'll do we'll down this way, that way, the other way. Um, and when Akash will help us, we'll get back, we'll, we'll go back to our normal artistic mahalo. So the kid doesn't see it as a lapse as much as this is what it's there. Um, I once read fascinating story. I think this was written by Mark, by Moshe Prager, that he was once walking down Warsaw Ghetto, it was Shabbos morning, and a Chassidisha guy who had always been part of Israel was walking down the street smoking a cigarette. And he was shocked. And he told him, Yankel, it's Shabbos. I looked at him and he breaks out laughing, like a, like a crazy laugh. And that was shocked. And then he realized there was no Shabbos here. Everybody's going to work. Everybody was dressed the same. Nothing changed. It was the same piece of potato peel. <coughs> the idea that a Shabbos like, just struck him as being the most ludicrous thing. That, that was the Metzius of it. He said, it, it, you know, people just became... He said, Drabanim, on before Pesach, I think they had to eat on Pesach. You know, they, they had everybody say, Yeratzen, before they would eat Chomets. Yeratzen, we know, Rabbi Yisraelam, you were Metzabas, not you come to Pesach, you were Metzabas, Shmatam, Shosechem, and we'll be Mekayim Yeratzen by this Pesach eating Chomets, and Be'ez Hashem, we should be Zerich the next Pesach, eat Matzen, and so on and so forth. If, in other words, people needed to frame their, <coughs> what we're doing, not as lapses, but as, this is Ratzon Hashem. So, so I think if we, if we sit with the kids and we make a plan and say, okay, what's going to work? What's not going to work? If, if they understand that this is a special kufa, I, I definitely would not pressure kids to do something, but I would give an incentive. If, 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 you do, if X, Y, and Z is done, then, then there's incentives. To pressure a kid to dab in when nothing's happening, I'm, I'm reluctant under the circumstance, but I think it's important to frame the managed dana. In other words, everything we're doing different and unusual, the reason for it, and that this is the right thing at this time, and when our Israel will help us, we can have 
in-person yeshiva. We don't need whatever it is. That's what we're going back to. And right now, let's give us, let's give, if, if you frame it and say, you know, it's very hard to daven yourself, let's give ourselves an incentive. Every time you, you daven at the right time, you put a check. And if we have, and if we have 10 checks, you get X, Y, Z. So, so that, that at least gives the kid a frame of understanding that it's an ace lassos and so on. Huh. Okay, so I think we're running out of time. Maybe we should um, just, maybe the Rashiba could um, maybe say some words of inspiration about Tisha B'Av um, or connected to Mashiach, just some closing statements um, to give us some inspiration in the nine in the Shua Shechalba of Tisha B'Av. You know, of all the things um, that this situation has done for us, I think it's given us a lot more time to think, to ponder, to ask ourselves. It says, you know, it's famous for Semus, he says by Mitzrayim, it says by Yom Mitzrayim, by Yisrael. So he asked that when the king died, things got better. At least the day of the Leviah, or the week of Leviah, whatever it was, it was an off day and everybody went to Leviah. So, so, so why did they krech the doctor when he died? So, so Samus says that they were so busy working, so involved, that um, they, they, they didn't have time to think. Now they did have a moment to think. Yes, there was that moment to think. And then they realized where they are. Sometimes a person gets so involved, you know, was so caught up with so many things in so many ways, and we don't have time to think. Um, the idea to sit back and to ask ourselves who we are, what we are. Tisha B'Av is, is, a, is a time to ponder um, what does it mean to be a nation? You know, what, you know we, we have nothing. We have no real united leadership. We're splintered. We, 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 we have so much uncertainty and, and so on. And to understand what it means to be connected I think for many of us, the realization of what should we do is, is, is dawning on us. In, in other words, when there was Besamikdash, there was Ormvetumim, there was Nevoa, there was Malchus, there was Sanhedrin. What should we do was clear. We didn't always do it. We, we had, we, we had, um, we, we, you know, unfortunately, that's why, that's why we lost it. But the clarity of knowing what to do um, I once thought uh, an analogy to our situation. A, a person is sitting and the phone rings. And it takes a look. It's his son. The son is somewhere. And it's very broken and he can't make, he can't make heads or tails of what his son is saying. He, he, he goes blank. He calls back again and again and again and again. And it's frightening because you want something, but you don't know what it is. I mean, you know, this whole situation, what's going to come out of this? What are, what are the people who suffered, suffered terribly, the financial implications, the, the Bach, the, the, the yeshivas that have been, what is it? What are we, what's wanted from us? To us, the most frustrating part is we're ready to do what's wanted from us. What is wanted from us? And, and I think that that's, that's the central, um, that's, that's the availability of Tisha B'Av. Once upon a time, we had a relationship where we knew what was wanted from us. We didn't, we many times did not do it and so on, but at least it was clear what, when, why. And today, we, we just buffered around it with no idea. I don't know. I think maybe maybe it's a Shasa Kodesh that could even follow for clarity, for the clarity that came. Sechazene and Eim Shavot could mean a little bit of the Rajush, but I think much more than that. We're blind. Our eyes will be able to see when you come back to Tzion and you have Eini Ha'eda, we have a clear, a clear Sanhedrin. They decide Allah Hashanah. We have an opportunity to ask questions. We have a king who provides um, leadership that, that, can, that can bring us together and you know, and, and put each person in its place and so on. I, I think mood-wise, we may be a lot more 
that mood. Hashem, if we at least if we can can put a finger and articulate what we're missing, Hashem who will hopefully begin to answer our tefillahs and and bring us back again. Amen. Thank you so much, Thank you, Rabbi Eisenberg. Thank you, Rabbi Lapiansky. And thank you all for joining. Um, tonight will be part two with Rabbi David Rosenbaum of Mary Stroll, the share on the topic of Mitzvah Sirchus Kavano. And then tomorrow night at 8.45 p.m., a second question and answer session with Rabbi Mordechai Willick from New York. And I hope you will all join us and have a wonderful day. All right.